All right, there we go. We're I hate on. being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Marie. I'm recovered alcohol, uh, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm here again, and I am at my favorite, my favorite spot in the book, right? We've been doing a lot of work. We've been learning a skill set, and now I get to put this order of operations together and have this amazing design for living that really works. I never knew it. I always looked at these steps through a straw and saw them individually. All I could see was, oh, I'm on step three. I don't know. Eventually, you can see this thing as one big working mechanism, and this is where that happens. Four through nine becomes step 10. And um, Bill's story again, I'm going to go in, and he, he says in step 10, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. So the way I've been thinking all my life, this is common sense, this is the way things, this works, this is my thinking, this is, you know, it becomes totally flip-flopped and a paradox happens, and I don't think that way anymore. Um, it takes practice, and then it becomes a working part of the mind. It's a promise, it will, I swear, right? Uh, to me, I, get, I can get disturbed easily because I'm human, right? These, just because I go through the 12 steps does not mean I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to have a resentment. I'm not going to get delusional. I'm delusional all the time. So I definitely need step 10 to keep me aligned with this God consciousness that has been awoken in me, right? And um, it's, just, it's just beautiful. It says, this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests that I continue. Bill uses the word continue a lot in this paragraph, too, these couple paragraphs. So just look for that. He's begging me, continue. Don't rest for, there's no rest for the weary here. It's a constant, a constant. Um, I've heard Kim say it's like walking up a down escalator. My sweet spot is not when I get to the top of the escalator. It's never going to happen. I got to be happy in the middle. Continue walking, because the minute I stop, I'm going to get sucked down, I'm going to get pulled down, and I will work the steps backwards, mm-hmm. right? I'm not making an amends. I'm harming people. Now, there ain't no God in that, right? I don't even, I'm dodging God. I don't want him to know. I don't even want to look at it. I'm not inventorying. I'm back in the, in the seat of playing God, and I, and I turn back to food because I can't take living like that too, for too long. I am my own problem, right? So this is, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. What am I continuing to do? I'm going to continue to take personal inventory in step four. I'm going to continue to set any new, write any new mistakes that go along in eight and nine. I'm going to vigorously, that's hard work, right? With vigor, with some energy, some excitement, like let me do this, um, this way of living as I clean up the past. The timing is right there. I don't wait until I do all of my amends to do this. For me, we do, I, with my sponsees, we do a really thorough eighth step. We go through it like with a fine comb. We get a really good plan on index cards. You're off on prayer and meditation on how you're going to do this. going to make some appointments. Get a couple of big ones done, even little ones, right? And then the next visit, I'm right in. 10 and 11, not just 10, 10 and 11, because I've just not got, gotten unblocked. The worst thing I can do is sit there in idle, in neutral, not doing, not moving forward because I'm going to get re-accumulated with self. So this is uh, designed for 
top dusting, right? As, as I see fit, I need to top dust. It's not my fourth step. I'm not doing a really, I've already seen what I need to see in four. Wherever I go, I take me with me. The character defects are always the same. Maybe they look a little different, but they're basically, it's my human nature. I know who I am. As I do this, I get to know myself more. So um, I've, this is their timeline. You can vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. I like this, it, this part where Bill says, we have entered the world of the spirit. That's like I stick, stuck my toe in the water and it feels kind of good, right? So now my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. It's time to dive in. It's time to dive in. Stop pussyfooting around. You got you're, you, you've been taught by the best, right? You got this great guide that showed you how to do this. They can't do it for you. Nobody's going to eat my food for me, assimilate it into my body, and, and eliminate for me. I've got <laughs> to do all of that myself. And it's like that spiritually, too. So my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. I'm trying to understand God's will for me. And I'm trying to become effective in my own work of step 10, but also in how I help other people. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue. He's begging me. Why don't you continue, Maria? Why don't you try to do that again? Okay, so it didn't go so well. I remember the very first 10 step that I did was with Kim. I could tell you it's really ridiculous now because I've been healed of some of the things that I was calling her about. Like the new iPhone came out and I had it on order and Sprint didn't have it for me. Oh my God, do you remember? Yes. <laughs> Most ridiculous. But if I don't practice that stuff like that was huge for me it was really caught catching me off guard because i was still just practicing this stuff and just getting to know myself man do a couple of those the heck do i care now i got a phone right so (laughs) right (laughs) so um i'm gonna i'm just gonna practice this stuff and I'm going to continue. What am I continuing to do? I'm going to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. That is all step four. I learned that skill set in step four. I need to practice it because I'm a little rusty. I don't know for sure. And then when these crop up, what am I going to do? First things first. That's a great slogan in our program, and this is what it means. I don't go call my sponsor. Oh, my God, my phone's not in. I go to God, and I ask at once for him to remove my character defects. Then I can tell myself so I can stay honest. This is who I am. I don't want to play that stage character. It's too easy to do that. Oh, I'm Maria, the spiritual girl in, in, uh, in a 12-step program, but I'm not telling anybody that I have character defects <laughs> cropping up. I love some of you so much. We discuss them with somebody immediately. I've got my women. I've got women that I can call and say, God, do you want to hear what I did? Listen to this one, right? And they can do the same with me, and we love each other. Um, you know, we, you got to build. God will, will create the fellowship you crave, but I've got to find those women somewhere. So by, in step one, I'm making phone calls. I'm getting to know people. Who do I trust? I don't just jump into this stuff right away with people. I'm very guarded, and I still am very, very, it's precious to me who I share this stuff with. Um, then I make amends quickly and re- again the amends is the restitution it's, it's not always the apology what's my behavior 
you know, I can re- I can use restraint of tongue and pen most days today. So usually I've got to look a little deeper. Like, what is the change of thinking I have to have about this situation? Um, and I do it quickly in real time, you know. And then we resolutely turn. I'm going to turn, which means a, a complete 180. My thoughts about my self-absorption and my issue to someone that I can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And I'm going to channel our friend Chelsea, mm-hmm. who's gone, and I love so much. She, she, she and I went through every step together with different sponsors, and we, would, we were like, God used our competition with each other for the good. We were like doing this thing together. And she would say that love and, toler- and tolerance of others is my DNA code. It's what I'm made up of. Mm-hmm. I'm made up of love. God is love. That's what I am. I am love. I get blocked off from love, and I have to return to love. Mm-hmm. So I'm returning to who I am really meant to be. The reason I'm disturbed is I've, I've turned away from love. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I went, Kim's got some more time than me, so I would, you know, talk to her about this stuff in OA because I was in AA doing steps, but I was in OA doing, doing this deal too. And I remember saying to her, you know, I haven't thought about food for a while at all. Like, I'm really, this is really crazy. And she's like, well, maybe you're recovered. And I'm like, what? (laughs) God forbid. Why would you want to be recovered, right? I don't want to get too cocky. And she's like, no, let me show you. And she took me here and she read to me the 10-step promises that are, this is what I want. You can read those nine-step promises. They're feel-good promises, right? But this is what I want. All of a sudden, in step two, I was introduced to the fact that I'm insane. I have my own brand of insanity, and that is that I don't realize that the first bite is going to kill me, right? I continue to take the first bite, even though I know that it's going to kill me. By this time, sanity will have returned. I will seldom be interested in liquor, food. If tempted, I recoil from it as from a hot flame. Last week, I, my son's coming home from the Air Force. I'm so excited. I made him chocolate chips. And one of the chocolate chips, one little runaway, you know, on the counter, got out of the bag. And I picked it up, and I was like, by, ha- by habit, sometimes you just hand to mouth, right? And I was like, thank you, God. Relieved. Removed. I didn't, that was not an issue for me. That, I found that hard to believe. I thought you guys were lying to me. I really did. <laughs> I thought, you're so full, full of it. But it's true. I don't, it's like a craft project now. I can do that. I don't make a habit of it. But when I'm, when I'm selflessly doing it for my son, because I love him, it's okay. You know? Uh, and I'm in fit spiritual condition, of course. So it's going to tell me now that I'm going to react sanely and normally around food and around other thinking. Right. And we will find that this has happened automatically with a lot of practice. It's not automatic, but I did a lot of stuff to get here for it to become automatic. And we will see that our new attitude, my thinking toward food has been given us without any thought or effort on my part. I was not white knuckling the chocolate chip. There was no white knuckling involved. It just comes. That's the miracle of of it. I'm not fighting it. Neither am I um, avoiding temptation. I feel as though I've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, which is where I've always wanted to be. I've never, ever felt like that in my life until I found this work, this, this clear-cut directions. 
In any situation, I am safe and protected no matter what. We have been sworn off. Instead of the problem has been removed. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I mean, I'm for Christmas this year, I actually had a lot of slides downloaded from um, my family's when I was growing up. And they're pictures that, I've, that I don't normally see because they're on slides. You don't really look at slides. And they're really from a time where I was very, very young. Two, four, six. And that food addiction was my first love. First love. And, you know, I don't even know what to say about that. You know, a a, a lifetime wasted without a solution. You know, that little girl was just so full of fear then. And selfish then. So, uh, it doesn't exist for me anymore. Thank you, God. I am neither cocky nor am I afraid. That is my experience. That is how I react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So Kim had me read this, and I probably reacted the same way. I probably cried. Because it's just so... (laughs) And then she said, yeah... But keep reading. <laughs> Kim always likes to keep you, you know, real pragmatic. So um, she is the tail to my kite. She's the kite to my tail. <laughs> uh, it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. Action, not thinking. Not thinking, not fan- fantasizing, not reading, um, not talking to other people and not doing my own work action my own action and rest on my laurels that's my past uh accomplishments we are headed for trouble if we do for alcohol is a subtle foe we are not cured of food addiction what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition god either has removed my food addiction or he hasn't and what my part in that is is to be unblocked to him. The whole theory of this big book is that I am blocked. I need to get unblocked. The channel of love is clear. It's open. It's a free-flowing stream. It's not clouded up with crap anymore. So now I'm a conduit. God is coming in and through me. And that brings me to step 11. Really beautiful. Every day is a day I must carry the vision of God's will into all of my activities how can I best serve thee? My favorite prayer, thy will be done. Thy is God, will is thought. And, and yeah, love, thoughts, be done. Am I in love or have I moved away? Am I temporarily agnostic? Am I trying to run the show? There we go. Turn my back to love. So uh, many times a day I say this prayer, you know, thy will, not mine, be done. Loving thoughts prevail. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. So all along, in step three, I was to turn my thinking and my life over to God. My will has to be turned over. And now God is honing me as a tool for his use. And he gives me my will back. All of a sudden, what I never believed was true, like I had to turn my will over every day. Now I am like polished like a new penny in the morning and God can use me. God can use me. I'm no longer insane. 
I mean, come on, I do crazy shit, but <laughs> I'm no longer insane the way the big book describes it. I've been returned to sanity, and that was promised to me in step two. You want to talk about 10? Yeah, I, I, you know, I want to bring us back to page 25, actually, because what is the solution? So we're introduced to that in a chapter called What is Their Solution? And that first paragraph says there is a solution. And it says almost none of us liked. So I thought I had to like it. I thought I had to enjoy this. This is, this is work. They don't call it working the steps for nothing. So almost none of us like. So here's the solution. The self-searching, which is step four. The leveling of our pride, which I see as five, six, and seven. And the confession of shortcomings, which is eight and nine. Which this process requires for our successful consummation. So where do we learn this skill set? We learn it in four through nine. And we have the luxury of looking back at the last 20, 30 years of our life. But what use is that skill set if we don't put it into practice on a daily basis? So in step 10, it's the real time. The jerk's in front of me right now. What do I do? And we take this skill set and we use that so that we cannot stay disturbed. Why? Because I've learned in the doctor's opinion that I cannot be restless, irritable, discontent for any length of time without needing relief. And if I'm not getting relief in the steps, I'm going to get relief in the food. Then in step 11, we have three practices. We're going to have an evening routine, a morning routine, and pausing throughout the day. And we're going to be taking that skill set into that. We're going to be talking about that next. And I just want to kind of um, reiterate something that Maria said, which is also my experience. Is as I'm finishing up these step nines, and I immediately get into step 10, I don't wait for my step nines to be done. What I find is my step nines start to decrease because if I'm doing my step 10s, I'm short-circuiting it before I'm causing harm. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing my step 11, I'm really digging into step 11, I'm doing less step 10s because I'm not becoming disturbed as, as much because I'm more linked into a higher power. But I do unravel the same exact way. When I let go of my step 11, my disturbances start popping up, so my step 10s start popping up. If I'm not doing my step 10s, my amends start popping up because now I'm starting to cause harm. So this is one continuous process. And then I just want to give you some practical examples um, for, my, for myself. Now, I was, a, I was a shy kid. So when I graduated college, the best advice I got from a, a counselor was, Kim, go to a bunch of job interviews that you don't want so when you do the job interview for the job that you do want, you're going to feel comfortable interviewing. This is the best information I got. So with your 10th step, that's the, that's the same way I approached it. Now, this is before I had a smartphone, so it was index cards again. I would bring index cards to work, and I would get to work at 8, and at 9.30, I go to the bathroom a lot. So every time I went to the bathroom, 9.30, I would go into the bathroom, and I'd take out my index card, and I would write SDRF. Selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. And I was blown away by how much I was doing that without realizing it because anxiety was so normal to me, I couldn't even tell when I was disturbed. So what I would do is I would call someone and I would say, can I do some 10 steps with you tomorrow night at 7? And then throughout the day, I would take these index cards and every hour and a half when I would go to the bathroom, I would write down selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. And then I would practice that skill set with somebody at 7 o'clock at night. Because what I believe in, and I, you know, um, Maria said too, we, this is how we create the fellowship we crave. Now let me tell you, I have always done that in OA. So when I was in relapse, I created that fellowship I craved. I'd hang out with everyone in relapse that would, that would you know, buy into my bullshit. When I worshipped a food plan, I would be around people that only ate exactly like me because I was terrified to be around people that didn't eat like me. 
when I was only tool focused, I would hang out with people that only were doing the tools. So I was now craving this spiritual awakening as the result of the steps in the big book. So I started to create that fellowship of people because what I recommend to my sponsees is when you're calling someone with a 10th step, there's two qualities to look for. One, that they're gonna bring you to the book and two, that they're gonna tell you the truth. Because if you call someone with a 10th step and they tell you, oh honey, don't worry about it, just take a bubble bath. That's a great person to talk to, probably not a great person to do a 10th step with. If, they, if you call someone and they start yelling at you and telling you what to do instead of guiding you towards the book and God, probably not a great person to do a 10th step with. So that's going to take some time. So practice the skill set over and over again, and you're going to create that fellowship you crave. And it's going to become instinctual. I just want to give another example. Um, my, one, of my, one of my best friends is not no addictions, one of those normal weird people. But we were at lunch, and she was in a lot of pain. She had a, something going on with her, and her sister had gotten estranged, and she was just slamming her sister, slamming her sister. And I remember saying to God, like, I wish I could help her. If she was in L.A., I would take her to a th- through a 10th step. And, she, and what I heard was, take her through a 10th step. <laughs> so I said, Melissa, stop. Stop. Let's stop talking about Jody. Tell me, where are you being selfish? And I brought her through a 10-step, and I could see the relief in her face as we got, got through this work. Now, let me tell you, she has no reason to ever do that. She doesn't have the gun against her head that I have. You can barely get me to do it with the gun against my head. But it made me realize how blessed we are, how blessed we are. Because just as Maria said, being recovered does not mean I don't have resentment, fear, and and relationship issues. It means I don't have to stay there. I have a skill set to get out of that when it happens. So with these, um, with the warnings, I just want to say too, often I think the problem is, well, I wrote it here, the problem is we start to feel better and we confuse that with getting better. So I have to realize that I am always a compulsive overeater. That is my default position. We have this daily reprieve. And the silly way I like to think about it is I'm Cinderella. And because of these steps, I get to go to the dance. But at midnight, my dress turns into rags. The, the, the uh, carriage turns into a pumpkin. The groomsmen turn into mice. And I wake up every morning as an untreated compulsive overeater. But because of these steps, I get to go to the ball every freaking day if I work these steps. So especially around this time of the year, right, we're so busy, we're out of our routines a lot because of family members coming in and the holidays and all that stuff. I'm just going to mention one sentence. in, um, And what I like to do as a recovered woman when I go through the book is I like to look at what does that mean to me today as a recovered woman as opposed to when I went through the steps. And I often will take parts of the book that aren't in step 11 and use them as a step 11 on meditation. So the one I love in the warning is every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. So every day, am I taking off on the weekends? Am I thinking because, you know, like I have jury duty tomorrow, so I don't think I really have to do spiritual work, right, because I'm on jury duty tomorrow. You better do uh, double. I uh, know. <laughs> and I'm praying not to get it on the jury. Um, but so we must carry the vision of God's will. Am I carrying Kim's vision or God's vision into all of my activities? That's the big one. Where do I think that these 12 steps don't apply? Now, for me personally, it's always the small things, whether I get called for jury duty or not. You know, or the bigger things. You know, what happens if my dad passes away and how am I going to handle my mother? 
What am I going to do? So where, wherever I'm thinking that God doesn't apply or these 12 steps don't apply, that's exactly where my mental twist is going to come in. So these warnings to me is what keeps me driven into the steps, in all honesty, more than the promises. I love the promises, but I understand the promises are only there because of the work I do, and I'm reminded that by the warnings. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, um, pain is necessary, step one, whether it's with food or my character defects, right, whatever I'm powerless over, but suffering is optional. How do I get to suffering is optional is to practice 10 and 11. The suffering is optional. Um, For me, I don't like disturbance anymore. It really bothers me. you know, I always use the analogy. It's like sitting in a poopy diaper, and I'm the I'm the one that's uncomfortable. And the way I change and and clean up is, you know, do ten steps. And uh, my experience is the same as Kim's. Is is the more eleven I'm steeped in, the less tens I have to do. I like that. You know, I don't want to be disturbed. <sighs> Can't help it though. So um, the first thing that my sponsor was so so just so thorough about stuff and um she showed me to look to study this book you know study it in groups it really does come alive um it says that step 11 is prayer meditation better men than we are using it constantly it works if we have the proper attitude and work at it So, again, I don't have to recreate the wheel. I know where the proper attitude is. And the proper attitude is on page 55. So what's this attitude that I need to have? Is that in this paragraph on 55 says, we can only clear the ground a bit. If, and the word if is important, it's almost like a contingency, you know, like there's action that follows when I see if. So I circle every if in this book. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, so first of all, fixed ideas is prejudice, right? And in step two, Bill is begging me to let go of fixed ideas, not just about God, but about everything. My thoughts about men, my thoughts about women, kids, how they should act, the government, everything. Um, And then it enables you to think honestly. Am I thinking honestly? And I don't even know if I'm thinking honestly or not. Honestly, delusional thought, you believe that that's reality. So some of the, some of the things that I'd like to talk to about spon- with sponsees is I have some physical barometer uh, signs that go off when I am in a disturbance also. So if I'm delusional, I can check in mindful, mindfully with my body. I like to grind my teeth. I catch myself having like this stress, this tension in my jaw, grind my teeth migraine headaches um anything that is like um that is usually a sign that emotionally spiritually i'm off so check in with yourself like what's going on that's giving you a clue um to help you think honestly and encourage me to search diligently within myself i was taught seek search sought my job is to become a seeker here i'm constantly seeking and I'm searching diligently where within me. The, the answers are not outside of me. God is not out there. God is in here. And if I unblock with, with four through nine, I've got that open channel and I can do that. So it says, if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway with this attitude. You cannot fail. And Bill's given me a promise here. The consciousness of my belief in step two 
is sure to come to me in step 11. It doesn't happen in step two, but the consciousness of the belief, the, the belief is here, and then all of a sudden I almost know. Now I know, because I have experience. I have experience. So it says, um, back to 86, it says, it would be easy to be vague about this, but he gives me very specifics, and I love, uh, for me, I can, I can riff a little bit, and I can go willy-nilly sometimes, but for me, I'm, I love discipline now. I never liked discipline before. I liked swinging by the seat of my pants, you know? Like, that was like a positive thing. To me, it's not good for me anymore. I like to be disciplined. I like, I like staying in my lane. I like staying there. I like to be tethered to my higher power at all times because when I get too much, you know, leeway, I tend to make myself my higher power and then thrust God into the background. So assuming that we've been doing step tens all day long, I'm going to want to hit the hay. I'm going to hit my pillow, right? So when I retire, I'm just going to make sure, Bill, Bill makes sure that there's no loopholes. I'm going to make sure that I do another solid step ten. So this nightly review is we constructively review our day. I'm going to con- deconstruct the day. I take it in segments. How was I between breakfast and lunch? How was I between lunch and dinner? How was I when my husband got home? How was, you know, what I can look at my iCal. I use it for everything. I use it for more, my morning meditation, but I can also look at it for my nightly review. And it's going to ask me the fourth step, fourth column questions, resentful, selfish, dishonest, afraid. Do I owe an apology? That's eight and nine. Have I kept something to myself which could, should be discussed with another person at once? This is imperative for me as a recovered woman to remember to let my women in. And step five, I don't want to play the, that, that double, uh, what's the term? Solitary self-appraisal insufficient. That solitary, yes, but um, the, the, the stage characters that are so uh, easy to put on. You know, I've got to be honest with somebody. Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Yeah. Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? Now, I got that confused because I'm such a doer. I love to be busy and do, right? Um, when I got here, I heard a speaker explain this to me. You know, you have to remember to take historical context into into consideration with this stuff. And um, I don't know, they probably still do it, but if you're a fisherman, you're fishing in a stream, somebody probably stocked that stream earlier in the season with little baby fish for you to (laughs) fish from later, right? So for me, I'm asking myself, how did I put something into the stream of life for others today to fish from? I share meditations, Um, group texts is great. Um, love notes during the day, um, you know, sharing speakers with people, all kinds of, there's all kinds of ways that I can stock the stream. Um, I have to be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection because that's, isn't that more self-absorption? That's what I'm here, here to get it rid of. God, please remove selfishness and self-centeredness because if I'm so busy thinking about me, it's going to diminish my usefulness to others. My favorite is, after I make my review, here's a prayer. I ask God, please, God, forgive me, and I inquire. That's another word for ask. That's a prayer. God, what corrective measures should be taken? I don't have to know them then. I can relax and take it easy. Usually it comes to me in the morning and in the shower around water when I'm doing dishes. 
I don't know why, but I'll get like an idea like, oh, I know how I can make that better. I know how I can, I, I think I know how I can show up better for that sponsee or for my husband. It's just comes. I don't have to sit here and think about how I would make corrective measures. God, you show me. Mm. Um, I wake up in the morning. I got a clean slate. Somewhere in the middle of the night, my brain goes back to default. You're an ass. And uh, I have got to be on solid footing before I leave my bed. I have to be. And I, it's, it, it becomes a lot easier. But if you look at this, it's going to divide it into very clear segments. On awakening, in thinking about our day, that's planning your day with God, letting him in on, this, on the agenda. What a, what a novel idea. I use my iCal. Everything's in here. Everything, every appointment, everything, my food planning, shopping, um, you know, everything. Everything's in there. Um, what to do as I conclude this period of meditation. It gives me some helpful hints about, you know, what I want to do, uh, you know, if I have some religious denomination, I can, you know, say some prayers there. If I'm not a member, I can select prayers out of the big book. Um, my favorite as we go through the day, we pause, and Bill reminds me, don't forget your 10 steps. I pause and do a 10 step when I'm agitated, resentful, or doubtful, fearful. And here's a prayer. I ask for the right thought or action when that happens. So in step 10, I know I'm in wrong thought and I'm in wrong action automatically because I'm disturbed. So then I could stop in the middle of the insanity and go, oh my God, Maria, you, God, please give me right thought and right action because all action is born in thought. Mm -hmm. I cannot do something unless I think it first. So if I attack this first, action follows. If I'm God conscious, then God action will follow. Um, There's so many prayers in here. This is, this becomes ceaseless prayer. This is, it becomes spiritual sunbathing in the morning. I am just absorbing, absorbing God's love for me and my and my newfound love for my fellows. Like, I didn't have that before, you know? But now I'm constantly, who can I help? God, show, put, show me who it is. Give me the words. Put them in my path. Let me have open eyes, you know, get my head out of my ass so I can see who needs you. Not me. I'm not anybody special. I'm just a puppet. I'm just a puppet. And I have God just like work just it's just amazing when you just turn everything over and just let it happen like that. Um, it becomes ceaseless prayer. And to me, this 11th step is what the true meaning of one day at a time is. It's 24 hours. I get to do this. It's not me sitting on my hands praying to God I don't eat. In the beginning, it might be that. It was that for me. But when I get into this active, you know, 11th step, it really is me relinquishing all rights to myself and really seeing how I can be useful to the, why am I here? Why am I taking up space here? There must be a reason. I'd like to think it's not to to consume more. I'm just like such a consumer without God. It's all about not just consuming food or alcohol or or medications or but cons- just everything how can i suck you dry mm-hmm. how can i get something from you and then get out clear you know after i get it um i'm either going to live in the kit of self-will between 60 and 63 
that's a great description of the kit of self-will. I need to see how I'm playing God. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to relinquish right to self and live in the kit of the spiritual kit of tools. And and this is this is part of my kit. I wake up in the morning and I do this. Um, it reminds me that um, I'm not going to tire so easily because I'm not burning up energy foolishly as I did when I was trying to play God. Arrange life to suit myself. It works. It really does. Great one sentence. It's a whole paragraph. It works. It really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. So I let God discipline me in the simple way that we have outlined. I become a disciple. What am I, what am I following? I need to follow a plan. Because in my, uh, up to my own devices, I am untethered. I'm out there in the world. I will start coming up with an agenda. I will play God. I will take you hostage. I know who I am today. I'd rather be disciplined, take the bit in my teeth, and let God be the rider. Right? You tell me where to go. Oh, you want me to go here? Okay. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And then that, that hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, I see what you did there. This is not all. There's action and more action. This is, there's no rest for the weary. Mm. Never. I'm constantly doing this, or I'm going to work these steps backwards out the door. Um, faith without works is dead, and the next chapter is entirely devoted to step 12. So I would say that faith with works is probably alive. If you are an awakened spirit, you're probably really super, super th- thrilled to be here. I don't know. I'm like freaking high on life all the time. Um, I have down days, of course, but I got a way out. If I don't learn four through nine, can't practice 10, and it won't allow me to access 11, and I'm not going to be good for anybody in 12. There you go. Quick summary. It's all you. Oh, I love this. So 10 and 11, my whole life has been about getting my way. Oh, my way. So 10 and 11 is practicing the skill set of 4 through 9. So what in 4 through 9 have we been cast aside? They talk about that in there's a solution. We cast aside those old ideas and prejudices. So if I don't get my way in the past, it's a resentment. If I don't think I'm going to get my way in the future, it's a fear. And if I'm not getting my way in the present, it's anger and, uh, and depression. So what this 10-11 does is it allows me to stay unblocked. You know, I had this written down, I thought it was funny. He said, at 10 and 11, we're at a fork in the road. We're going to either go towards spirit or we're going to go back to the food. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, many of us picked, when we're going down the fork of the road, we pick the fork. <laughs> and I just thought that was great. <laughs> we don't want to choose the fork again. Um, and, you know, these, we alcoholics are undisciplined. You know, I just want to tell you a funny story because my problem is I'm overly rigid. Like, I am just, that's why no. when Maria says that, like, when she says I'm the tail to her kite, she's the kite to my tail because <laughs> I am always, like, trying to control everything. And I was in, um, I was in Hal years ago, and we, so we talked to our sponsor every single day, and I was militantly, frighteningly abstinent. You know, I didn't go to restaurants because I knew the waitresses were going to try to poison me, and everything was it was everything was so controlled and stuff. And she's like, Kim, you've got to loosen up, man. You've got to not be so rigid. You got to be a little bit more spontaneous, girl. So I really prayed about it because I'm a good little sponsee. And I called her up the next day and I said, You know what, Mary? You're right. On Thursday, I'm going to be spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I said. No idea. <laughs> So to me, also this undisciplined is not about me letting go of control and becoming disciplined by the steps. 
because that's where I go. I'm not footloose and fancy free. I am controlled down to the 50. I used to have a spreadsheet of 15 minute increments of how I was going to do my life, when I would take a shower, blah, 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 because I was so terrified of letting go. Um, so the way I look at these, these are three practices. Um, just an overview is the, the retiring at night it could be constructively review, not destructively review. I mean, I thought the 10th step was when at night you would sit there and you'd write down, here is where I was a good girl and here is where I was a bad girl. And if the bad girl stuff outweighed the good girl stuff, it was a bad day. I'm, I'm taking four through nine. I'm looking at the pattern. Step 10 is the jackasses in front of me right now, right? Now I'm looking over a 24-hour period. What are those patterns of the day that are still plaguing me? And the difference I see between step 10 and step 11 are these two questions. What could I have done better? And what corrective measures should be taken? Because if I'm just doing 10 steps all day and don't change, I'm going to be doing the same damn 10 steps the rest of my life and just live in constant disturbance and relief, disturbance and relief. That's exhausting. It's an exhausting way to live. And if you, and if you, if nothing changes, nothing changes, but your abstinent date will. Yeah. All the, sorry. That is so true. So one of the things that I, I guess I was like three or four years in recovery and someone gave me this new way of looking at these ideals, you know, because I wasn't utilizing these four step prayers. Once again, pro- mistake I made is I learned these, stairs, these prayers in the fourth step and I left them in the fourth step. So now I'm going to start utilizing them in 10. So I started to create ideals for different parts of my life and it's continued to grow. So I used to have this ideal as a sister. Well, a few years ago, I thought to myself, I have two very different brothers. So I need to have an ideal for my brother who lives in Florida. It's very different than the brother who lives in New Jersey. And my brother in New Jersey has a learning disability. So it's, it's very almost like a maternal relationship as well as a sisterly relationship. And then he got a job at my company. He's a custodian at my company. So now I have an ideal of him as a coworker and him as an ideal as a brother. Um, and I heard clearly, like, the God, I'm making these ideals, and I'm not even discussing them with the people I have the relationship with. Because at one point, my brother, there was someone in my, in my office called him a retard. And I'm lucky I was not fired that day, because I really wanted to punch this guy out. But I had to take Scott aside, and we went to lunch. And I said, Scott, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time being your sister and your coworker. Let's talk about this. And at the end of it, it was so cute, because he goes, Kim, I still need my big sister. So these are developing. I used to have an OA ideal, but I realize I have different things in OA. So I participate in Vision for You. I have an ideal as a member of Vision for You. This is my home group. I have an ideal as a, as a member of this home group. I have an ideal as a member of South Jersey Intergroup with, with, our, with our intergroup. I, I, I give big book weekends um, across the country right now. I have an ideal of who I am when I, when I do these big books. And part of that is recognizing my limitations. You know, my limitations is, is I don't fly well with, with these weekends. My, you know, I, I work in accounting. I can't do it during certain times of the month. You know, um, in, the, in, my, in, our, in this home group right now, I'm, you know, I'm really trying to work on the fact that maybe I need to, we need to rotate service positions more and maybe I'm having a hard time giving up finding the speakers and doing all this extra stuff. I need to give people more, more uh, inclusivity. So these are, these, these are going to constantly grow. And then the morning routine, I think of it as a proactive four through nine. Because, see, I know what's going to trip me up. You know, six and seven has become my step one for life. These are now the things I'm powerless over, my defects. 
I have it written at the top of my page. If you're not doing 10, 11, and 12, 6 and 7 is going to kick your ass. So I, one of my favorite parts of step 11 is what I call the divorce prayer. It says we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking it to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. And that word divorce, what does that divorce mean? What do we divorce? We divorce something we once loved. So I loved my self-pity. I loved my self-seeking. I loved my dishonesty. It's what made me feel warm and fuzzy inside, <laughs> in all honesty. And now I'm asking God in the morning to separate me from these things that I know are going to happen. And then in, in the pausing throughout the day, to me it's like taking my spiritual temperature. How connected to I, I am in God? And that has really changed for me over the years, how I connect. And a lot of it has become outside resources. I'm a very auditory learner. So for me, a lot of it is podcasts, listening to different podcasts throughout the day. I'm a political junkie, and that's one of the things that I struggle with is trying not to listen to all politics all day, but to intersperse that with some, with some, spirit, with some spiritual um, teaching because that allows me to tolerate politics, in all honesty. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm taking that, spirit, that spiritual temperature throughout the day. Um, and it says here, we become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. So if I'm exhausted and I'm inefficient, that's because I'm in self-will again. That's my problem. I, I am in self-will. I remember um, uh, Maria's been talking about uh, her sponsor, but he's one of my spiritual mentors. And I remember being in a meeting with him and someone was talking about setting boundaries. And he listened and he simply said, there, I don't know, setting boundaries sounds more, a lot like you're trying to manage your own life. And I was like, oh my God, I would use boundaries. as Because I, I, I set boundaries, why? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid if you get too close, you're going to, you know, my, one of my core fears is I'm going to be taken advantage of. Mm. So I set these boundaries, and that's out of fear. So what I do now is I ask God. So a simple example, not efficient, tires, I am exhausted. I am totally exhausted. I'm asking God in. Now my God curses, just so you know. So I'm saying, God, like, I'm so exhausted. How do I do out of this? And he said, clearly, get off your fucking iPad. Because I was on my iPad till like 2 o'clock in the morning playing Candy Crush. The first time in my life I hate chocolate because Candy Crush chocolate is a pain in the ass if you ever played that game. So I, I, what I did is I said, okay, all electronics are off at 11 o'clock. Every night, 11 o'clock, they're off. Now, someone might say that I set a boundary, but more it was I was asking God, how can I be efficient? How can I not be exhausted? And I have to listen to that because I will go to self-will. I will go to self-propulsion so easily. That's why I need the disciplines of the steps. And I'll, I'll just end with this, with um, going back to the Catholic thing. And I remember just being struck by this. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? So the, these disciples are following him. And the person said, you know, the origin of the word disciple is discipline. Mm. So the, the disciples were following the disciplines of Jesus, right? So if I am in the 12-step program, and I am a follower of a 12-step program, in a, in a sense, an, a disciple of the 12-step program. Am I doing the disciplines of the 12 steps? <laughs> I'm thinking Maria like that. So, so if I'm am not... I or am I not? Yeah. I'm in a 12-step program, not working at 12 step, the 12 steps? That's what I had to see for myself. I had to see that I was visiting a 12-step program three times a week as opposed to living a 12-step program seven days a week. Because if I don't do these, I have to understand that I am different. I am not different because I'm recovered. You know, and I'll, I'll end with this too. My brother is a diabetic, um, and 
if he came to me, he takes insulin in the morning and at night, and if he came to me and said, Kim, my blood sugar has been so fabulous, I think I'm only going to take my, ins my insulin at night. <laughs> I don't need to take it anymore. I would think he was crazy. And would anyone be surprised if my brother's blood sugar went crazy because he chose not to take the treatment of his insulin as prescribed by the doctor? No. Yet so many of us are baffled when we say, yeah, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting my way. That's usually what pretty good means, right? I'm getting my way. So I don't need to do these disciplines on any regular basis. I treat it like a 911 call. I'm only going to do, the, do these disciplines when I'm really in trouble. And then people are baffled. Why did I relapse? Why did she relapse? Why did he relapse? I don't get it. Because we have a chronic illness just the way the diabetic does. And if I don't take my treatment as prescribed, of course I'm going to relapse. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. My brother's a typical non-compliant diabetic. I often say to my dad when his blood sugar is bad, I hope to God he's cheating. Because it scares me to think he's not cheating and his blood sugar goes like that. Because that's typical. I remember, like I said, he's a custodian for me. We, we were having a Christmas party, and I'm walking up the stairs, and there he is with a bagel in his mouth, and he goes and throws the bagel <laughs> in the trash real fast. And I'm like, Scott, and he goes, just wanted to see what it tastes like. I'm like, yeah, right, like if you wouldn't have eaten that whole thing. If I Isn't that what I do? I try to play, you know, holy roller in the rooms of OA, and then I go out and I do whatever the hell I want. I practice these principles when you all are looking. But when we're, you aren't looking, I joke about this because I, I participate with Vision for You, and they think I think one of the prejudices people have is the people who share in Vision for You have these perfect lives. I can keep it together for a three-minute share. You got to see me the other 23 hours and 57 minutes. I have to practice these principles consistently. Now I want to tell you, I have never seen anyone relapse who has been actively engaged in 10, 11, and 12. The big book works 100% of the time if you work it 100% of the time. The sad thing is people come in by the hundreds and they leave by the 99s. That's just our reality. And it's not just the reality in OA. I was at an AA workshop yesterday with some, two of my favorite speakers, and they talked about that. They talked about the 8% recovery, the 10% recovery. This guy was, was talking about the anger that the 10% the that's recovered is trying to sponsor the 90% that aren't. So get recovered, go through these steps, have a spiritual awakening, start working with others, because that's where the joy comes. I heard on a speaker recently, it's, the guy said, when it says work the steps, understand the work is step 12, the preparation is one through 11. And with that, I'll pass it back to you to, to Just to end, end a little um, part of my, you know, my favorite step here is 11 right now. They're always, my, I like all of them, but, um, <laughs> In saying that, I think that these steps allow me to get to ground zero. They don't re I don't really graduate ever. Mm -hmm. But when I take them the first time, I get to ground zero, and I'm almost like a prairie dog that pops out like, hey, it's kind of cool out here. I think I like it. All right? And then, but I'm still a little trepidatious because, oh my God, what if, what if I, what if I miss a 10? What if I miss a 10? What if I don't do 11? Like, oh my gosh. And once I finally, you know, practiced it and got into, into, the, um, into the, the, the practice, the action of doing these things, it starts to become a working part of your mind and it starts to become like behavioral modification, right? And uh, I really want to relinquish rights to self because the, the, the promise that I'm getting is so rich. Why would I, I see my problem? It's me. 
So getting me off of, off of myself is the most important thing. But I've only put my toe in the water, so I need to grow spiritually. And for me, I, I, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, oh, I'm not a reader. It drives me nuts. There's a world of spiritual teachings out there, you know, and even if you're an auditory learner like him, there's a world of audible things that you can listen to. But what, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go to get a broader sense of what this spirituality is for me? Because I am supposed to be a seeker. I never stop seeking, right? Um, and it says here, um, suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where people, religious people are right and make use of what they have to offer. Dr. Bob has a reading list, a recommended reading list. I've read every book on Dr. Bob's recommended reading list. I, I am an avid reader. I thirst. I am, the way I'm hungry for food is now the way I am thirsty for spiritual um, enlightenment, spiritual ideas, Buddhist ideas, Catholic idea. I love St. Francis. I study St. Francis every day. I, it will never, ever get old for me. Um, but find something that speaks to you and go swimming in that. Really immerse yourself in that. Um, I get those suggestions, Dr. Bob's reading list. My, you know, We talk about other outside books all the time uh, to protect traditions. We won't do that. But um, when I have sponsees, I always give them recommended reading because there's a whole book that I use for my 11 step at night. And if I didn't have that, I would not have a way of gauging how loving I was that day. If God is love, how loving was I, right? If I'm full of the spirit, I should be full of love. And I can, I can measure that using this guideline, these nine aspects of love. I'm constantly seeking. If I'm not seeking, I'm probably going to stop growing. So the book gives me the permission. Now we've entered like spiritual kindergarten. Mm. There's no graduation. So now where are we going to go with that? You know, and that's another thing that, you know, studying how I can help women in fellowships, that becomes a new thing that I immerse myself in. Let me see. Let me see how other people are sponsoring. Let me read this. Ann Smith's Diaries is beautiful to read about sponsorship. Um, language of the Heart, if you want to take a, a dive into traditions, so important. I never, ever want to look at traditions, but when I ever I'm having a problem with personal relationships, I can find my issue is in the tradition. So there's so much, you know, we'll never get bored here. We'll never get bored here. If you're bored in this fellowship, then get with somebody. They'll infuse you with energy until you can get infused yourself. So that's all I got. All right. So we're going to end there.